Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiniest Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show Season 3, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We're going to go ahead and talk about movies, TV, and read some fiction. If you want to get hold of the show, you can go ahead and go to Facebook.com, Aaron's Horror Show, or you can go to Twitter.com, Aaron Horror Show, or you can go ahead and send us an email at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com. Uh, you can also go ahead and support the show by going to Patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and it's time for more Touristic U Chronicles. Alright, so we had finished, uh, you know, Cal's Fall. Uh, that, that was the first story in the series. Uh, and now we're on to uh, Cal's Truth. Uh, so that's the second second part of this series, and this is the one that is uh, based on a dream. Uh, you know, I'll tell you the next episode where I read, you know, Cal's Truth. I, I, Cal's Truth is going to take a couple of episodes, actually. Uh, but, you know, I think I should uh, reveal it to you in due time, this dream, because, you know, uh, I want you to kind of experience this, uh, you know, as, as as we go. So, quick recap. Uh, you know, the touristic use showed up in Cal's village and killed everyone, and then injected something into Cal that put her to sleep. So that's where we left off. A cherry start, I know. Very happy, you know, everyone loves each other type of type of novel, right? Uh, <laughs> so we'll go ahead and see what happens to the girl that uh, lost her village and all her people in a brutal massacre. Part two, Cal's truth. Cal laid in the middle prison cell, gasping for air, the sound of her people dying and the village burning still fresh in her mind. Her eyelids were heavy, and her body felt like it was buried in the sand. The first thing she could remember upon waking was a human male with gold and silver teeth, the black rot infesting his mouth. He wore a white coat and had a bright instrument that blinded her. Unlike Sarge, his hair was gray, and his skin was creased like the wrinkles that came with age. But unlike her people, this man had spots. Only later, she learned that humans developed a condition called liver spots. The man in the coat turned and said something to a touristic you in the background. 
her memory was incomplete, like a patchwork of one of her mother's quilts. Every moment was a snapshot. Two Turistcues had dragged her through a hallway. Her possessions were locked in a box. Her body was stripped and sprayed with a burning liquid. More dragging, another exam from the human with the rotting gold and silver teeth. Finally, she woke up in a prison cell. While Cal's eyes adjusted to the darkness, she could hear a low grunt from the corner of the room. The grunt sounded like a crickshek beast back home. They were a fierce beast with a dire disposition and two large horns that could impale a villager. Cal attempted to scramble to her feet, but her muscles felt like she was trying to move through thick goo, and she fell back down. A creature slid from the shadows. It had a large bug-like body and three spiny appendages. It dragged the lower part of its body on the ground. There were stumps where other limbs should have been, and its body was a shade of brown. The eyes were hideous, large, and clouded gray. It sent shivers down Cal's spine. She scrambled backward, but she was unable to get very far and hit her head on the metal cot. The bang would have hurt if her systems weren't suppressed. Don't be afraid, the bug said in a deep voice. You are recovering from sedation. You speak village tongue, Cal said, looking for a universal translator on what she thought would be a wrist. This is a translation field covering the prison, the bug said. What do you mean? I was under sedation, Cal said. She wasn't sure about this creature. They sedate criminals coming through interstellar travel, but I'm not a criminal. <laughs> the bug laughed. Unlike Sarge, the bug had a slow, wheezing laugh. Cal didn't know quite sure what to make of laughter. She had no room for it. The nightmares of her village were too fresh in her mind. The bug must have sensed that the laughter made her uncomfortable and stopped. It reached out an appendage to comfort her. Do not fret, my dear. Everyone believes they are not criminals, and you'll find that some do belong here, even if you do not. Cal pushed the thing's arms away. I do not need your sympathy. She turned to inspect her cell, finding two metal cots. One small cot for her, and one large one for her buggy cellmate. The walls were smooth and metal, with bars lining one side. There were two toilet facilities, one for a humanoid the size of her, and another for something larger. The toilets were located in two coves in the back of the cell, providing at least a little privacy from her cellmate, though a guard standing on the other side of the bars had full view of both coves. I, I don't offer you sympathy, my dear, only advice. You will find friends hard to come by in this place. I don't want your advice either, Cal snapped. As you wish, you could have a worse roommate, you know. Granork's cell also had room for one more. Oh yeah? Well, at least Granork probably won't talk as much as you. Granork is an Orkandu from the Tristar Cluster. Sarge had told Cal about Orkandus. They were brutes and one of the few star species that even the Terrestrials had feared. They were massive creatures of pure muscle with a jagged horn at the center of their forehead and fierce, razor-sharp teeth. Almost every ritual in their culture was meant to induce pain. Rumors spread that Orkandus had miswired brains and they experienced pain as if it were pleasure. Kel shuddered to think about what it might be like to share a cell with one. At least an old disabled bug could be managed. 
The bug finally gave up and dragged itself back to its side of the room. Cal traced the cold metal wall with her fingers. She thought about the village she practically rejected, even though it had embraced her despite her differences. Now she'd wanted nothing more than to be part of it again. She thought about the warmth in their bed and the wood grain of the ceiling. She used to see faces in the wood grain that would, and would make up stories about them. Now the ceiling was a smooth metal surface with no defining features. She could almost hear the humming of her mother from the kitchen as she drifted out to sleep. A loud buzzer sounded. A distant female voice garbled over the speaker. Cal fell out of her cot from the rude awakening. Prisoners will proceed to formation for morning roll call. Prisoners will proceed to formation for morning roll call. Cal realized the bug was poking at her with its disgusting limb. Get that thing away from me or I will break it off. You shouldn't miss roll call. They don't need to do it. We all have trackers surgically installed. Roll call is just a ritual to remind us who's really in charge. Cal stumbled to the toilet to relieve herself. As she peeled off her prison jumpsuit, she noticed the scar on her chest for the first time. The scar was in the same location of the leaf Sarge had used to heal himself. Cal felt the bumps where her flesh had been seared together, the bug sliding itself out of the door with its slow, shambling gait. Hurry up, hurry up, you make me look fast! Cal forced herself to stand. Her legs were still extremely weak. She felt as if she could barely move. She shambled, as well, to the open cell door. Her Earth brothers and sisters used to watch a comedy show of a stick figure that moved with the aid of string. She felt like one of those figures now. Her movements were awkward and clunky. You haven't used your body in a while, the bug said. It happens in long space flights. This wasn't exactly how she imagined seeing the stars. On the outside of the cell, she almost fell off the railing into a deep abyss. Their cell was located in a large spiral of prison cells. It seemed to stretch into infinity in either direction. The interior was bigger than any cave she had ever been in. She felt woozy at the size of the cell black. Star species of all shapes and sizes trudged down the spiral walkway towards the bottom. Every being was new to Cal. Mother Earth had devised all new and wondrous ways to construct life. If Cal hadn't been a prisoner, she would have been awed and not wanted nothing more than to watch these creatures pass by. Hundreds of touristicus hovered in the center of the abyss on floating platforms. They all bore tattoos like the one who burns Cal's village. However, they must have been from a different faction because the tattoos were not an exact match. The Touristicus had thunderclubs similar to the ones who murdered her village. There was a commotion a couple levels up. A few Touristicus hovered over to break up the fight with quick, brutal force. Once the progression of star species made it to the lower floors, Cal saw the prisoners banging on the cells near the end of the line. They weren't barred cells like the one she and her cellmate shared. They were solid metal doors with only one food slot on the bottom. Why are they doing that? Cal leaned over to the bug. Her cellmate looked back. Don't let anyone know you're new. They will target you. But if you have to know, the last few levels are for the Touristicus. They get their own cell block because most of the prisoners here would kill the Touristicus for sport, even if it meant the rest of their days in suspension. Cal wanted to ask more but kept quiet. She banged on the Touristicus cells as she passed enjoying her moment of tormenting them. 
She hoped that every bang would horrify the occupant of the cell. She imagined the Touristicu cowering in the corner, and it made her feel good. She was far from the peaceful path her elders had taught her. The prisoners all lined up in rows in the center of the spiral cell block on the ground floor. The egg shape could be seen much more easily when Sal was in the center. She didn't notice the dirty looks at first, but she saw some of the prisoners staring at her. Her cellmate's words of warning echoed in her brain, and she stopped gawking at the ceiling. The warden, a touristicue with markings similar to the leader who had killed Cal's village, stepped onto a raised block in front of the assembled prisoners. Other vicious-looking touristicues surrounded him, pointing their thunderclubs toward the prisoners. He called out prisoner names, and the prisoners screamed their response. It was slow and methodical, and Cal didn't know if she had the strength to stay standing. Her bug cellmate was named Hath Knoll. The list seemed to be endless, and even though her name was close, her head grew heavy and her knees weak. Stay strong, an ethereal feminine voice said from a distant plane of existence. She wasn't sure if she had heard the voice or if it was in her head. Cal swore it was her brother. Cal de Hawk! Sir, yes, sir! Cal de Hawk reporting, sir! Cal screamed like she had heard the other prisoners scream. Cal remembered watching her mother fall at the gun of the Touristicue. She wanted to go home. After roll call, the inmates were herded into a giant eating hall. Cal noticed the other prisoners eyeing her. They stared down with their various forms of ocular biology. Some of the beings assembled were giant. Some were small. Some had arms. Others had tentacles. Any way nature could evolve forms of sentient species seemed to be represented in the cafeteria. None had the deep eyes of the Touristicues. There were no Touristicues of the room, but there were plenty walking around with thunderclubs on a metal grate above. Several food machines dispensed meals according to the dietary requirements of the species. The kitchen staff operated the machines. They would punch in commands on the screen and a meal would be created from various tubes and lasers. A human male, wearing a white apron, operated the machine in Cal's line. His face was much smoother and less creased than Sarge's has been, so Cal had to assume he was younger. She found him attractive even though he was a bit scrawny. Not that Cal had ever dated. She was far too busy proving herself to the village to worry about chasing boys. Now that she was in a place where she would never date, she almost wished she had. What will it be? The male asked, pulling Cal from her thoughts. Do you have banjo meat? If by banjo meat you mean protein supplement number three, we got tons of that, he said as he dialed a few numbers on his pad and a meal was created in seconds. As he handed her, she looked at the giant bowl of slop, a protein slab, and bread. I don't think this is banjo meat, the male laughed, saying, <laughs> You're funny. You're holding up the line, a giant hulking star species yelled. It was an orcandu with a horn that looked if it had been through many battles. You better take your banjer tartar before Grand Orc makes you his next meal. The male shoved Cal along. She sniffed at the meal and her nose crinkled. Whatever he was serving, it smelled barely edible. She turned to the metal tubes and benches filling up with prisoners. She found her bug cellmate among a table of equally crippled star species. For lack of any better options, she walked towards the table of rejects. Half Noel whispered as she sat down, If you sit here, you'll appear weak. Now hit me and grab some of my food. 
Hathnol's food was a plate of writhing bugs and worms. Cal slammed Hathnol's head on the table and stuck her hand in a mass of critters. Some of the other prisoners and even a few of the Tristiku guards turned to watch the spectacle. Cal was committed now. While keeping pressure on her cellmate's head, Cal scooped up a handful of bugs and chewed. It was disgusting and she could feel them writhe in her mouth and down her throat. She grabbed one more handful for good measure and took her own plate of slop from the table. Cal controlled the urge to vomit and turned away. She saw an opening on another table and sat down. A gray-looking star species with a snout and beady eyes sized up Cal and said, You like that bug junk? Cal noticed the star species' food was very similar to Cal's. No, I just don't like him. Cal took a sip of her slop and found that it tasted like boiled water. It's better than this crap, Cal added for emphasis. The star species laughed and slapped Cal on the back. They broke out into prison conversation. What are you here for? Hate for the Turisticus, the equivalent of prison small talk. The Orkandu gave her a cold stare from across the room. After mealtime, they gathered again in the roll call area. The guards called out duty shifts, and the prisoners grumbled. Cal noticed that mostly kept their complaints to themselves, and never argued with the Turisticu guards. The prisoners dutifully accepted their shifts. Cal glanced for the human male among the crowd, but couldn't find him. Call to Hawk, the Tristicu guard said. You're in training. For what? Ore processing. I don't know anything about ore processing. The other prisoners laughed, and her snouted friend, Cilar, patted her on the back. You don't have to. Cal stood on the platform overlooking the chamber, waiting for her shift to start. It was a massive chamber and smelled like a chemical cocktail. A thick haze permeated the atmosphere. Suit covered up the prisoners, and despite their breathing apparatuses, Cal could still hear painful, wheezing breaths. Cal's thick rubber gloves, giant apron, breathing piece, and goggles all looked new, but she knew it wouldn't take long before she looked like everyone else. The room was divided into many sections. The ore and raw material tumbled through massive tubes into bins where the largest star species sorted the rocks into carts. Other prisoners pushed the various carts to the giant furnaces that would burn and strain the impurities away, leaving only a pure element. The liquid metal would pour from the furnace into giant cauldrons that would eventually be dumped into brick-shaped molds. The bricks were cooled, then packed. Every step was staffed by prisoners, the machinery's giant, and the room was hot. A prisoner with several eyes and flowing wisp of white hair said to Cal, I bet you're wondering why they don't just get robots to process the asteroids. Cal didn't know what he meant by a robot. She was mesmerized by the scale of the operation. The furnaces looked like rock demons, breathing fire and bellowing with rage. It's because robots cost more than us. <laughs> the wispy white here prisoner continued. They don't pay us. They barely feed us. Robots need maintenance and technicians. You fall in the cauldron and that's one last prisoner to feed. <laughs> An expensive pot falls well. That's just unacceptable. Have many people fallen? Cal asked. More than you'd think. A whistle blew and the platform lowered down to the depths below. 
Once the prisoners from the previous ship were lined up, the Tristicude's guards counted, and Cal couldn't fathom what they would do with a head count of the shift unless they were attempting to ascertain if anyone decided to commute their prison sentence early by taking a swim in the cauldron. Once their platform lowered into the pit and the gigantic operation towered above Cal, she became nervous. Most of her life, she had to suppress her fear just to be noticed by the rest of the villagers. Whatever her earth brothers and sisters did, Cal had to work harder. Now she wanted to disappear. All the fears her village started to manifest in her mind. What if she was too weak for this work? Would she fall into the cauldron too? A Touristicue guard yelled, Move it! The last one to their station will get rim duty! The prisoner scambled to begin work, but Cal didn't know what to do. The guard turned to her and said, You follow me! Cal followed the Touristicue through the web of metal, heat, and ore. The wispy-haired man stumbled on his way to a station and was assigned the edge of the cauldron. Rim duty involved rotating giant stirring device at the edge of the liquid metal. The heat was at its worst, and the task was repetitive and endless. Cal began to understand why people wouldn't last long. The Touristicue looked to where they were sorting the rubble that had crashed through the tubes. Grand Ork was there digging through the piles and putting them into various bins. The guard tilted his head and said, She's right here. Copy that. The guard turned to Cal, pulled out one of the floating discs from his backpack and lifted it into the air. Grand Ork eyed Cal with disdain. They punish us all if someone isn't pulling their weight, the Orkandu said. The, the touristic you told me to wait here. Cal answered, I don't like you. That's good to hear. I almost thought you were initiating the mating rituals. You have disgusting parts protruding from your chest and a waist that is so thin it will break like a tree branch. You're pretty ugly yourself. You dare insult me? I am Orkandu royalty. You will feel the wrath of my... Cal tuned out the rest of the diatribe as the guard caught her attention. He floated up to a level where the Touristicues patrolled. He was engaged in a conversation with a Touristicue adorned with different tattoos than the guards. They were the tattoos of the same tribe that had slaughtered her village. While she couldn't be 100% certain, she knew there was a bird of prey on their insignia. She had to find a way to that level. I will feast on your entrails and sacrifice. Uh, how do I get up there? Cal said as she began taking off her apron and goggles. What? Up there, the touristicue level. The breathing apparatus was the last to go. The air was thick and bad, but she didn't plan to stay very long. Uh, I, I don't know, the Orkandu said, clearly confused. We cannot go. Has anyone ever climbed the machinery? The guards will strike you down. Not if there's a distraction, Cal smiled as she picked up a chunk of ore. Before the Orkandu could react, she tossed the chunk at a massive reptilian star species with particularly vicious teeth. Since Cal's bones would break when she was tackled during rock ball back home, she was very adept at throwing. The rock pegged the reptile square in the back of the head, and the lumbering creature turned around. By the time it had a chance to survey the situation, Cal disappeared into the rubble pile. Orkandu stood foolishly by itself. You will pay or can do scum. The beast bellowed in a slow, deep growl. Its charge was anything but slow. The Orkandu attempted to gore the creature, but it came low. They tumbled into a fierce grapple. While the two titans clashed, waves of screams and cheers through the prisoner population. 
as they scrambled for a view of the fight. The cauldron operator was too busy watching the fight, and the metal overflowed and spilled onto the floor, causing a fire. Callie used the chaos to sneak up the rubble pile. Once she could make it no further on the rubble pile, she jumped to the underside of a metal platform. The two rescue guards were swooping down on their flying discs to break up the fight and control the flames. No one noticed Cal climbing level after level. Back home, most of her hunting trips ended with her scrambling up a tree after she picked a fight with a beast too big, because she always felt she had to prove herself to her brothers and sisters. The Orcandu below put up a good fight. Even though the reptile was a size and a half bigger, the Orcandu had training. And maybe he really was a prince back home. Cal made it to the top level. The only Turisticue left was the one with the different tattoos. She recognized him immediately. He was the one who ordered the execution of her village. All right, getting exciting. Uh, that is, uh, you know, <laughs> part of uh, the Cal's uh, truth, uh, the second Turisticue Chronicles. Uh, if you're enjoying this, please consider leaving a review on Amazon. Reviews uh, help me a whole lot. That's, uh, you know, helps other people find books that they may love. And, uh, yeah, have a good night. And, uh, yeah, watch out for uh, Touristicues. <laughs> Scary creatures, huh? Anyways, thanks for listening.